Welcome to episode 97 of the Bonfires of Social Enterprise. This is Rami, and I'm your host for this episode on a really great social enterprise called Genesee. They're out of Flint, Michigan, and many of you may have heard some tough stories coming out of Flint, Michigan, specific to the water crisis over these past few years. You'll meet the founders and designers, Allie Rose Van Overbeek and Jack Burns. They discuss their journey in Flint and the whole launch process to date. Uh, It feels really good to be back after a mini hiatus. Thanks for hanging in there while we make some new changes and new shows. By the way, we've got some really great episodes coming up next from the East and West Coasts, culminating with a finale for Season 3 and our Episode 100, which will be some interviews from the recent Gus Awards held in Detroit. So subscribe and stay tuned. Now, let's see what Natalie has in store for us for our fun fuel. What do you have for us, Natalie? I'm Natalie Hazen, and I'm bringing you this episode's fun fuel. In today's world, you see so many people wearing eyeglasses, and on a super bright sunny day, they most certainly break out their sunglasses. Glasses have become ultra-fashionable, and why shouldn't they? They most certainly are the very first thing people see when they look at your face. Unless they aren't wearing theirs, and they just can't see you. According to the website LensPick.com, the first vision correction device was invented in 1000 AD and called a reading stone. As you can imagine, it was for far-sighted people who couldn't read properly and was basically a glass sphere used as a magnifying glass. Now fast forward to 12th century China and you have the creation of sunglasses. People back then used flat crystals of smoky quartz that were mounted for personal use to reduce the glare from the sun. It was also said that these sunglasses were used by judges while presiding cases so as to not give away their emotions. Very interesting. So throughout history, mankind has made some very unique and purposeful inventions, including eyeglasses, that truly make our lives easier. Thanks for listening, and now on to the episode. Awesome. Fascinating that the first pair of eyeglasses was documented to be in 1000 AD. Thank you, Natalie. Your fun fuels are always so interesting. All right, let's jump on in for a listen now to my conversation with Allie Rose and Jack Burns and their really great company, Genesee. Let's tell the listeners about Genesee. Um, So Genesee is making eyewear in Flint, Michigan from recycled single-use plastic water bottles that were a result of the Flint water crisis. Okay. So I, and just, is it the eyeglass frames or are you really putting the lenses in and all that? Yeah, we're doing everything. Um, The frames are specifically what's made from the recycled water bottles, um, but we are working with an optical lab. So we do prescription eyeglasses as well as um, sunglasses. Wow. And so how did you make this connection or even have this idea? Yeah, so um, Jack and I uh, both went to Parsons together and worked in a fellowship shortly after graduation where we kind of learned that we were good working as collaborators. And then in early 2016, I was back in Michigan. I grew up um, in like Metro Detroit area and I was volunteering with the Red Cross during the Flint water crisis. 
and just observing how much plastic we were delivering cases and cases of bottled water door to door every day and was kind of just shocked by what was happening um, and the need kind of in my own backyard. And it was just, you know, Jack and I are, are good friends and it was just started as a super casual conversation of like, this is what's happening in Flint. What can we do with the plastic? Um, really just wanting to do something to support the community uh, and started just asking people in the community specifically, like, what do you need? What does Flint need? And everyone kept telling us jobs. So uh, we knew this wasn't just going to be a charity or an NGO or an art project. We needed to figure out how to start a business that could actually scale and bring living wage jobs to the city. Wow. And so how did you begin to even navigate the process of where you were going to get the the bottles? Where did you even start? Uh, so we so we started off looking um and I mean generally just asking questions um and and digging down this rabbit hole further and further to find out where sort of the plastic was going and what it was you know what it was becoming um and finding out that there was just this this surplus of plastic um and then really sort of hacking the system and trying to figure out what we wanted to make from this plastic and what was capable and it turns out you can make you know, PET is the same thing as polyester. It's a highly flexible material. Um, so we really had a, 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 a broad range of um, things that we could make with this plastic. Um, but we really wanted to make something that was a product of purpose and a product of need. And we found that with our unique design backgrounds, um, that we uh, that eyewear really fit the bill for what we wanted to make. Um, because it's both a medical device and a, um, uh, a fashion product as well. So, yeah. And so, are you guys designing designing the frames yourselves? Yes. Okay. Wow, that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's really fun. And how is it? How do you test that? How, how have you been uh, kind of prototyping your designs? Call it Jack. Yeah. I actually just got out of a meeting doing this right now. So what we do, um, or how we started off, um, you know, we were very much on a on a shoestring budget early on, um, and we we invested a lot of time into this um, rather than funds in the in the earlier stages. We're still knee deep in time, um, but now we have a little bit more funding, so we can allocate that towards prototyping a little bit further. But when we first began, um, we were uh, <laughs> we started off just like taking photos of friends and drawing on top of them and seeing what sort of face shapes, what sort of shapes uh, worked best with face shapes. So what frames worked best in that in that regard, um, and then we um, then we laser cut. Um, heavyweight paper mock-ups um, that we could hold up to our friends' faces, photograph, see what worked best. Um, so really trying to find uh, these democratic shapes that could fit anyone and everyone. And then we, um, we received some grant funding, uh, and we, we uh, allocated that funding towards uh, creating 3D-printed prototypes. So we've been 3D printing um, to really uh, flesh out the nuances of the design um, and how that fits on the face and the ergonomics of it all. Um, so that's that's really where, you know, the progression of, of 
of prototyping and design has, has led us to today. <laughs> Jack touched on it. it. Um, but we like really set out with wanting to create something that was like democratically designed um, because we were going to launch with, we knew we only really had the funding to be able to launch with one style. And we wanted to also, you know, I think customers were so overwhelmed by choice often that it's a bit like debilitating and, uh, you know, creating, um, you know, streamlining the choice for the customer um, and creating a really classic democratically designed frame that would work as both, you know, prescription optical, but as well as sunglasses and really working from, um, you know, what the median range of uh, measurements of like a face are to be really particular about um, the design and the shape so that it could fit as many people as possible. Yeah, I love it. It's so true. We're overloaded with choices. <laughs> Even it's simple is much easier. And especially when people are drawn to a social mission behind a product, they're already kind of excited and they're likely to do it. It's just easier to narrow it down. <laughs> and uh, that was something. How has uh, the local community so far there in Flint um, responded so far to what you're what you're doing there? So we started, you know, obviously this started really through working with the community um, when I was, you know, getting involved with the Red Cross and started building really early relationships just through other people that I had been volunteering with who are, you know, grew up in, in the city and are really ingrained in, in the culture there. Um, and, you know, so for the past two years, our focus has really been, um, you know, building more community relationships. That's been one of the most important parts of, of what we're doing. And the partners, you know, we're working with the Community Foundation in Flint, um, Made Institute, which is where we're doing our hiring through. So Made Institute works with individuals who are structurally unemployable, um, those who are, you know, displaced workers and returning citizens, the people who are coming out of incarceration. And they're doing really amazing work. And that's who we're going to be partnering with to, to hire our first employees. Um, we're working with St. Luke's New Life Center, which is where our polishing bags are going to be made. Um, and everyone that we have been building these relationships with has been really supportive, really excited, very welcoming. Um, you know, there there has been, you know, some community members who rightfully so have been very skeptical of, you know, Jack, neither Jack or I are from Flint. I'm from Michigan, but I, you know, don't have long-term roots in Flint. And the city has been extremely taken advantage of and, um, you know, through the water crisis. And there's a lot of distrust. And, you know, there there has been some individuals who have been a bit skeptical. And um, But, you know, it's, it's all about engaging in conversations and we're extremely open um, to sharing, you know, our process and our plans and um, how, you know, what our supply chain is in the immediate and what the long-term goals are. And it's, you know, we're mission-driven and the whole point of the business is to be able to give back to Flint. So it's really important that we are listening and engaging in conversation with the community and doing what's good for everyone. Yeah, I I love what you're doing because, in, in my opinion, partnerships are fun. You know, when you really mm -hmm. are able yeah. to get in relationships, it's fun to be part of a team. Sometimes when you're 
doing your own thing in social enterprise, it is really difficult to do it and do yeah. it well and honor both your mission and your business because sometimes they conflict in terms of profit. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. sometimes you're going to spend some extra because of your mission or which is just the nature of it. So it feels good to get into partnership with other organizations because you, you can feel part of a team, which I think is really important uh, for all of us out here. <laughs> And Let's Lynn's so rich in in art and the entrepreneur community there is 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 really growing and um, you know we've really started building relationships with a lot of the other um, businesses and artisans down there like there's uh, Article One Eyewear, Good Boy Clothes, Satorial, um, Tim at Satorial um, makes handmade leather boots and um, it's really you know it's encouraging to not just be partnering with um, um, you know, other organizations, but other makers in the city who've been there forever and, um, you know, are really rooted. Yeah, I'm glad you started to talk about Flint. So I'm only there about once a week, but I absolutely love Flint. And for many of the listeners, they may be somewhere other around the globe, and all they may have heard about Flint is maybe some negative news or watched a negative Mm -hmm. Netflix show about it. Could you speak to um, your view of the people of Flint and what your experience is at kind of a higher level? Yeah, I mean, Flint is first and foremost, the people in Flint are some of the hardest working, most resilient people I've ever met. And that's, I think, one of the main reasons that I was really attracted to wanting to not just start a business there, but live there and move there as well. but, you know, it's like that with media loves uh, a good story. And a lot of times, sadly, somehow that becomes a negative story because um, there's more drama in it. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and <laughs> I don't know. It's, you know, I, I see media did this with Detroit for a really long time. Um, you know, just always focusing on the blight and the negativity and the crime. Um, and, and now, you know, Detroit's a global brand. And I'm not to compare Flint to Detroit at all, but, you know, just how the media recently has been, you know, so focused on the negative things that are happening in Flint. I think there also needs to be the same amount of attention to the positive things that are happening. Um, And, you know, because the city has really truly been kind of abandoned by, um, you know, the government in in being able to help them through the water crisis, you've seen a lot of local organizations and local individuals really step up to the plate and it's been the people in Flint who have really been the ones leading the way um, through not just the water crisis but you know the last couple of decades as well. Right this has been going on a long time the people of Flint are so resilient it's extraordinary. Well thanks for speaking to that and just uh, for many of our listeners who just to orient Flint Michigan is approximately 70 miles or just over about 110 kilometers north of Detroit, just to anchor uh, some of our listeners. So let's zoom out even further. You've had a lot of press and um, had opportunities to be in some amazing publications. Let's talk about this because you've really gotten the attention uh, at a national level. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, we've been really fortunate, um, and, and it has not come without hard work. Um, so it's really just been, you know, contacting people, um, friends of friends, um, so much of it is just networking, um, in order to, you know, talk about the story. And then it really has had a bit of a snowball effect. 
which has been great. Um, and we, we only want to continue that and to um, fulfill on, on all of what we've, what we've been, you know, talking about and putting forward. So we're really excited for all the press and attention. Um, although our, our real mission and, and why we do what we do is really uh, human focused um, and, and, um, and focused on the benefit of the planet as well. So right. um, while that's, yeah, while the stories are great and the exposure is great, um, really the, the thing that we really want to do is make a difference. So. Right. Of course, yeah, and, but it helps um, to get you know, exposure because it gets more customers <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, and you can make a larger difference. Yeah, exactly. We've been, you know, the one fortunate thing about the fact that, you know, um, Jack and I both went to Parsons and have lived in New York, and, you know, Jack's currently in New York, and I've just transitioned back to Michigan, is we've, um, you know, made so many amazing connections in, you know, uh press and media and and the creative um, world in New York and um, you know obviously through the the recent um, press that we have received we've really been able to capitalize on 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 those relationships that we've we've built in in New York and um, what's exciting about that is being able to um, you know I think a lot of times press can be kind of um, you know and, and media attention can be kind of siloed and being able to bring, you know, bring those connections with us to Michigan and, and to Flint um, and, you know, sharing, getting, you know, bringing more attention to um, even other businesses and the other positive things that are happening in the city, um, I think has been one of the, the really exciting things for us. And um, just kind of like creating a bridge between, um, you know, the creative relationships we have in New York and, and bringing those to, to Flint as well. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, relationships and connections, it all helps. And it really is a smaller world at the end of the day than what it seems <laughs> at really times. So uh, it's all about, you know, people's trust in us and how we deliver and execute on that. So and so. Let's let's kind of go back down uh, to your business and you guys along your kind of development and funding stream. You were able to launch a very successful Kickstarter campaign, and uh, for those of you who might want to look up their website, you'll be able to see the campaign is still on your website, right? The video link is that true or? Um, right or... now, our website links to, so the Kickstarter ended about a month ago, but we're oh, still okay. taking pre-orders through Indiegogo. So oh, there's okay. a link right now on our website um, that says buy now, and it'll link you to the Indiegogo, which has okay. a lot of the same content in the videos from the Kickstarter. Okay. It's really good. I'd encourage all the listeners to get on there. It's genesee.com. It's G-E-N-U-S, like Sam, E-E.com. Yeah, so get on and check this out. So what what's the plans and what is the stage of business that you're in right now? You've come off this Kickstarter, you're in the design mode and getting partners. What is the phase that you're in right at this moment? Um, getting our manufacturing <laughs> up and running. Um, you know, we did a Kickstarter because we needed the funding specifically to fund this first initial production run. 
so, you know, now that that's been successful, we've, you know, Jack's been working um, on finalizing um, all of uh, the design details of our frame. So it's perfect <laughs> when we ship it out. And um, then we're going into um, our tooling and our mold will, will be made. And um, we'll be hiring our first employees um, either late July or, or early August to um, start um, manufacturing and assembling the frames. And do you see, uh, Alien Jack, that that'll be your primary uh, types of roles there at your business? Man assembly and manufacturing roles for jobs? Um, starting out, uh, the first employees that we will be hiring, the focus will be on um, assembly, manufacturing, logistics, but we really, you know, the more the business grows and the more glasses we're able to sell, we're going to be able to hire more employees. And um, it's been really important for us to not just create, um, you know, one kind of job or just manufacturing jobs in Flint, but to be able to create diverse jobs because, you know, there's people with different kinds of interests and skills. Uh, so being able to create creative jobs, even in, in marketing and in social media and design, um, is really important for us. Yeah, that's fantastic. So if you guys, you know, let yourselves dream really, really big with what you know right now, what what could this look like someday? Jack, do you want to? <laughs> <laughs> um, what could this look like someday? Um, I mean, it's so. So yes. Um, we are making glasses now, and I definitely foresee this being um, a fully integrated facility where we can um, manufacture, um, do the injection molding, do all the post-processing, have, have customer service, have, have people um, working on all levels and, 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 and with positions that, are, that have real growth potential to them. Um, and then... Um, slowly branching out into other product bases, um, things where we can really upcycle um, single-use materials into uh, products that have a much longer lifespan. Um, and that's really, like, our aim behind a lot of what we're doing is, is this single-use lifestyle just is not sustainable. So how can we uh, leverage our knowledge of materials and design to elevate these these products and these and these materials to a place that is that is almost endless or is endless, um, and and the products that can live and be with people um, and, and integrate themselves into everyday life, um, and then you know hopefully people will begin to you know really shift ideals into why are we using these materials that last forever in a single use platform like it just doesn't make sense um, and, and slowly shifting away from this single-use lifestyle um, and more towards upcycling. It will be the, the largest uh, global upcycler. <laughs> yeah, there you plastic. go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. That, did you guys uh, kind of land on this single-use upcycling because I like the way you phrase that. That's very clear to what it is. When did you kind of learn about that concept, or when did it occur to you that it was it had such magnitude on our, for us on our planet? 
I mean, I think, you know, it, it, it really did. I, Jack and I have both been really interested in sustainability through um, our time at Parsons and, and that's part of really the, the curriculum and, and the overall focus at Parsons as well in your education is, is really thinking not just about um, designing uh, stuff, but designing products of purpose that have integrity um, and, and, and thinking about, you know, not just uh, product design, but systems design and rethinking the systems. And, um, you know, I, I think, you know, it was kind of just like a natural progression from like the education that we had received and both of kind of our personal interest and lifestyle um, and just um, moving into, you know, launching Genesee and, and seeing, you know, the surplus of plastic really localized in Flint um, that the city's been forced to use because of the water crisis and, and seeing the, you know, fact that not anything was being done with it um and you know it is it's not just a Flint problem it's a global problem uh you're seeing a lot of um talk right now around um ocean plastics and there's a lot of amusing work that's being done there because you know single-use plastic and and most garbage often does end up in in um our our water system and and then uh filtering into the ocean so um you know it, it's it, when we're thinking, you know, we knew we wanted to design um, a circular economy product and business. And for us, that kind of meant that we um, needed to think um, not just of where the material supply was coming from, but, you know, single use, uh, you know, plastic was designed to last forever. And we use it in a lot of single use products now. So how do you take something that's meant that was, um, you know, disposable and that doesn't have a lot of integrity and, and repurpose and upcycle that material into products that we use much longer? Like when you think of eyeglasses, um, you know, usually you, you invest a bit of money in your glasses. It's something that you, you have to wear and, and you wear daily and you treat that product with a bit more respect and integrity. Um, and you usually wear them for at least one to two years, sometimes longer. So, um, you know, it's thinking about how do we turn water bottles into um, these objects that we kind of um, show a bit more love to and use for longer. Yeah. Well, this has been so awesome. We'd love to kind of stay in touch with you and do follow-up episodes on your journey if you're open to that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> We've got some amazing loyal listeners out here who like to keep up with the entrepreneurs and hear their story as they're moving along. It's encouraging for all of us. <laughs> so um, why don't we um, just take a run through and give the listeners your social media so they could look up. We'll get, let's give them your website again and any other place they yep. might be able to find you. Yeah, um, our website is genesee.com, G-E-N-U-S-E-E.com. You can find us on Instagram at genesee underscore official. We're on Twitter at genesee underscore tweets. And that's We're it, on LinkedIn. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, good. That's great. Well, thanks again, you guys. Thank, All right, you. thank you. Oh, and our Facebook too. Sorry, um, yeah. Facebook <laughs> slash Genesee. <laughs> okay, perfect. 
Uh, this song is brought to us by Dime, which is the Detroit Institute of Music Education. The beautiful ladies of the group, A+, with their song, World Runs Out. Enjoy this great song, and until next time, keep those bonfires burning. Gravity, gravity, tragedy, tragedy, we can fly away. 